0: assalamu alaikum welcome to the kalima book club episode number one i'm samia i'm shaheen and we're gonna get started so the the pages that we read from this book were the introduction all the way to page 14 and shaheen you mentioned before that this was like crazy stuff and i agree it was crazy stuff it was wait what
1: what did you say again like it
0: was a lot of things in just 14 pages a lot of things Mm -hmm. were in this book and I think that's what I love about traditional books you know like they cover they don't waste time they just get right into it and you're like hang on like I'm not ready yet you know yeah
1: yeah yeah there's very little fluff I think there's just everything you just get straight to the point in this book I love it
0: yes So we thought, all right, uh, this is the first episode, so we'll be waiting for your suggestions if you have any more. But yesterday we shared a quote on our Instagram, Kalima Book Club's Instagram. And so we're gonna start with that quote because that quote was like really awesome. And then we'll move from there and see where this takes us, inshallah. So this was our quote. If you want to repent, then let no moment of your life be devoid of reflection. And that was on page two. Yep. So Shaheen, do you want to say what you like about this quote?
1: Um, okay, I was hoping you'd go first, but okay, I can go first. <laughs> um, so the first time I read this book, I would kind of skipped over this quote. I didn't even see it. And then during my second reading for specifically this episode, I was like, oh, this is really interesting. Like, I feel like he just kind of... Okay, so... He connected repentance to reflection, which was new for me, because like, we hear Islamic lectures, and we hear about the importance of repentance, and then we hear the importance of reflection. But they're kind of not connected in this way. Like, We're usually taught to reflect on the signs of Allah, or like, reflect on the Qur'an, ayahs of the Qur'an. And then repentance is kind of like, it's considered like a separate topic, but I found really interesting that in the section of repentance, he, he brought the importance of reflection and that just kind of made me think like, okay, what is the connection between the two? Right. And because for me, reflection is kind of like paying attention to what happens to you throughout your day and thinking about it to see what benefit comes out of it and what you can work on. And then that's what I kind of, I think leads to repentance um yeah like even though the Prophet ﷺ used to ask for a love repentance throughout the day um i think that um at the end of the day kind of when you take account of yourself and you um you know you kind of like just when you reflect on the day then you're like oh i did this wrong maybe i should ask for forgiveness so i really like that connection between the two ideas
0: yeah you're right because the 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 connection was always to keep Allah in your mind. Like, that's how I view reflection as, like, we met over reflection, basically, online. That was something that we yeah. did. And just thinking about how is Allah present in every day of our life, and that was important. But then here, he's like, take a step forward and know the why kind of behind it. The reason why we're connected to Allah is that we can become better. And, and there's no way to become better except if we think about what we did wrong and correct it and ask Allah's mm-hmm. forgiveness from it. And I've, I've talked mm-hmm. about the, I mean, a muhasabah before, and that's something that I'm, like, really thinking about. I don't think I have, like, a regular practice of it. I don't know. Do you have that, like, every single day, like, towards the end, you just do a muhasabah and you're like, okay, so what did I do? What's g-? Like, I, I don't know how to exactly <laughs> yeah. do that.
1: Yeah. So I feel like for me, like journaling helps me. I don't journal every day, but I do journal like, or even if I don't like officially journal, like, okay, I'm journaling now. I do write my thoughts in my, the notes of my phone, Mm -hmm. like my, my notes app basically. So I'm always writing something. It's just kind of like a thought will come to me like, oh, I could have done that better. Or, oh, I shouldn't have spoken to this person this way. And like just little things like that. But I will tell myself like, okay, next time I need to do better. So I won't think about everything all at once. It'll just be like something, like maybe I have a conversation and afterward I'll be like, oh, I shouldn't have said that or I could have worded that a better way. And then I'll just like ask a for forgiveness. If it's big enough, I'll ask the person for forgiveness. Like, hey, I shouldn't have spoken that way. So I think that's kind of what, that's what I do actually. It's it's nothing like official, but it's just kind of the way I think, I guess. (laughs) uh,
0: You know, this reminds me like, I think that's a lot of people say that's an introvert thing. I don't know what that is. Because after you have a conversation, then you're like, oh, my God, I can't believe I just said that. Like, I could have said it differently. But I, <laughs> but I think the connection then goes towards, all right, I'm, I'm thinking this way, whatever. But then you're like, oh, Allah, forgive me for my trespasses. And then so, so going from that mindset to, oh, my God, to, okay, yeah, Allah, forgive me and help me become better. I think that would be. Have you seen the Omar series, by the way?
1: Yeah, yeah, I love
0: it. So towards the, you know how uh, the the character of Umar, they show that sometimes he's sitting down like in a corner, and and he's like, "How awful were you, Umar?" You know, like like those kind of yeah. thinking. And he's yeah. on point. Yeah, <laughs> he's doing. Yeah. Th- yeah. So I really love that. We actually had a comment. So it is. Um, let me share it. I'm not sure. I haven't really shared it before, but we'll share it. So this is by Alhamdulillah. That's the name. I love that. Will you guys consider taking the music at the beginning of the video? Um, Let's move that here. Okay. And perhaps use either vocals or something that is considered unanimously permissible. You know, that's something that we actually did discuss if that music was problematic. Um, But I mean, since there are differences of opinions, I think how I approach it is I give the benefit of the doubt to the other person and I'm like, all right, that's something that they do, that is okay. Mm-hmm. So this is how I personally approach it. Consider I mean, what do you think about that, Shaheen?
1: Um sorry, I kinda missed the point in the beginning. Was it about was it related to music and like a take it like Mohasaba? Was that the No that connection was you were making? that was
0: they're talking about in the uh, beginning of the intro where we have like a little intro with a little music in the background. Are they considering if we're going to take it off or use something else or something like that?
1: Oh, um, Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm okay with I'm okay with it.: <laughs> Yeah.
0: I think that's what it is. If you find that it is something that you don't want to listen to, maybe you can just mute in the beginning. you know we're going to go live. It goes for 30 seconds, so just mute your thing, and then you can just join us inshallah. So I want to start, right? Okay. Yeah. OK,, good. so let me tell you in the beginning. Let's go to the beginning of the intro, because I was kind of blown away by okay. the intro of this book.
1: And okay. and okay. they were
0: talking about there were a few things. Okay, let, let me show you the first thing. How okay. how he mentions about how he was all about I don't know if this person is right or not, when he approached one of his scholars and he mm-hmm. uh and he saw them teach. And the line he said was let me go and see this man for someone who is truthful has signs that are not hidden I'm like he was not like okay this was on I don't know how to these are Roman numbers XII what is that 12 oh are you
1: talking about the author's biography
0: yeah there you go that one
1: Oh, okay. I actually didn't read that part for this episode specifically. I did I did read it the first time I read the book. Yeah. But when we said intro, I thought we were starting from page one. Well, <laughs> let me just go to this part then
0: and then we'll go to the other one because okay, I already okay. mentioned you it. Go ahead and tell me what you want. Well, would, well yeah. the thing was that he talked about sometimes we're like, hey, you know what? Let's look at current current culture where we have the YouTube celebrities, sheikhs, right? And we're like, oh, yeah, this person is awesome. He has like 50,000 movies and Facebook and Instagram. Let me listen to that mm-hmm. person because I think he has legitimacy, right? But, I mean, he's doing the same thing where he's like, all right, everybody talks about this guy. Let me go to this conversation where he's teaching and let me weigh him out. Like, and he says, I said to myself, let me go and see this man for someone who is truthful, has signs that are not hidden. So he went out of his way to make sure that this teacher or this person was actually legitimate. And I think mm-hmm. that's something that we don't do. And and currently, like there's a lot of scandals sometimes happen in a Muslim community where a person who has 50,000 people, I, that's the number I use a lot apparently, 50,000 <laughs> people and... <laughs> then something they do, something that is so egregious and wrong, we're like shocked and heartbroken and hurt, and yeah. and I think we are responsible for who we learn from. And this is a person who ended up making like huge life changes, and then he's like a huge scholar, mashallah. And we're reading him now. I mm-hmm. think we need to learn from that a little bit. Yeah, yeah,
1: I completely agree with you. Um, I just. Yeah, the point about um, verifying who you're learning from, it reminds me of something I heard a local scholar, um, I think, say, it was a long time ago. He said that when you are looking for someone to follow in terms of uh, deen or like taking your deen from them, you should always see how close is their character to the character of the Prophet islam like does it the, the, like the things that they do the way they interact with people um the respect they have for knowledge does it remind you of how the Prophet would behave and i think that's a really good measuring stick i mean it's 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 definitely difficult to 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 you know hold yourself up to or basically for people to hold themselves up to that standard so if you do interact with somebody who's reminding you of the Prophet's character then i think that that's a really good sign
0: and you know Okay, so I'm coming from a small town and now a little bit of bigger town. So I didn't have access directly to the scholars or the sheikhs or even the imams where I could observe them in an everyday surrounding. Like I didn't have access to that. And I still don't because we moved here and then the virus thing happened and now we can't go anywhere. So I am always yeah. thinking like whoever we're listening to online, this is how I'm learning. You know, this is how I grew was all online you don't 100% yeah. know because you don't know how they're interacting with people you know so you can't 100% know yeah. so you should always have that little space a little distance and be like okay I don't know 100% I like what I see but I don't know so let me always be cautious and that way you won't be hurt when someone else does something where you're like I cannot believe this happened We're like you know what yeah. I didn't know that side enough anyway
1: yeah. Yeah. I think that the, the point that you're making kind of relates to putting people on a pedestal, because mm-hmm. I think we take religious figures and we put them on a pedestal. And that can be a problem because when they do something, they make a mistake that, you know, maybe they make a, because, you know, they're human. Humans can make mistakes and you become disappointed to the point where, like, oh, I can't take from this person anymore because it's, you know, such and such action. But um, like nobody's perfect. Right. We just got to see, like, what is somebody's norm? Right, if their norm is good and you know they're respected by the people around them, usually that's a good sign. Mm, I like that.
0: So, we have brother Tawseef Ahmed saying jazakallah khair for this discussion. Wa iyaki, wa iyakum actually for everybody who is part of this, inshallah. (laughs) Okay, so what is the point that you want to start with? Because I shared mine, now you can go with yours.
1: Oh, okay. Um, (laughs) So, mine was on page two, the the section where it says repentance to Allah, the first section. Mm -hmm. So, I just kind of I found that really interesting. Again, on my second read, because I was paying attention more, um, I think Islamic books usually start with either the niyyah, like the intention, or they start with um, just, uh, I guess, yeah, niyyah basically most of the time. But this book was starting with repentance. And I was like, that's really interesting. Why? You know, so um, and I, I, I asked myself, well, this book, I think the primary Reason for this book, I think, to be written like the type of genre it is, I think it's purification of the heart. And I think in order to rectify the heart, you need to repent first because, kind of, that idea of how are you going to have new information come in and impact your heart if your heart is already full of sins and you know, carelessness and whatever else it may be, you know. So I, that's why I think it was really smart that he started with repentance because, kind of, like, he's telling us that. Before you go on to any other advice that I present in this book, remember that repentance is the most important because you got to come to Allah first and clear out your heart and start fresh, you know. And he mentioned so
0: that from me you. several yeah. times he mentions like uh, there was somewhere he's like you know think about if a if a house was burning for seventy years, and how are you able to get the smell out of it? You can't until you completely gut it out, and I think that's I think that's <laughs> probably what it is like. We cannot accept anything he's saying in here if a heart is yeah. is not right. And he talks a little bit about about that when you move on to when he mentions that you can't focus in prayer. That was um, on page five, I think. When he talks mm-hmm. about um, page four, like if you can't focus on prayer, is because you have a disease in your heart. And mm. so it's like your your heart needs to be cleansed, or everything that you do is never gonna yeah. be. Like, it's not going to impact you the way that it should. At the yeah. same time, like, we can't really have a clean heart. So it's like, you know, like, we, that's what he reminds <laughs> us to always be engaged in this idea of repentance because we cannot have it. So begin everything with repentance. This is how I'm seeing it right now. Mm-hmm. And that was a little yeah. bit scary because he mentioned that I was like, oh well, yeah, I, I do have a problem. I have a hard time focusing on prayer, and you have like so many things in the top of your mind. And he's like, oh yeah, that's because you have a disease in your heart. I'm like, oh my god, you? <laughs> you know, jeez. <I'm> like,
1: <laughs> yeah. But yeah. so he specifically, I found it interesting that he mentioned specifically, like, like he said you have a hidden disease such as pride, conceit, or the like. And I know he said or oh, the likes. So I was thinking because I couldn't, I personally couldn't make the connection between pride and not being able to concentrate in your prayer yeah but so the connection that i was able to make though was between heedlessness and not being able to concentrate in your prayer because you know how they say um that what you think about outside of salah is what you're going to think about inside of salah yeah. i think that for me carry like it just carries over like for example if i was having a conversation i'll remember it in my prayer if i was listening to something like in a podcast i'll hear it in my prayer like i just you know the, the things that you consume throughout the day i feel like that's what ends up you know in your prayer and then or if you're not basically if you're heedless of the thikr of Allah outside your prayer like how are you going to automatically remember him as soon as you say Allahu Akbar you know it's kind of like we expect something to happen like that but it's just doesn't work that way you
0: know and I like how they make that connection like it's, it's true because when I so for example for the Kalima book club when things were starting and we're like really working on it that's what I was thinking about in prayer. I'm like, you know, how can I? And it's not necessarily like a bad, bad thing when you're in this Kalimabu club. is not a bad, bad thing. But when it becomes consuming, then you know that, okay, I need to do something about that. But, you know, in the book, after he talks about that, that he says, then, you know, you have a hidden disease such as pride, conceit, or the like. He quotes, Allah says, I shall avert my signs from those who behave arrogantly on earth without a right. And so he immediately talks about arrogance. And I always think of arrogance as something that is at a certain level. But I, I've talked about this before. Like, I'm working with a life coach. And she, there was an instant where I didn't even see the arrogance in me. And she was like, she made me realize it. And she's like, oh, you know what, Samia? Um, you know, they kind of expressed the situation. And then I was like, oh, my God, I don't like the sound of that that sounds pretty bad like how can I be like that and I didn't even know that I had that in me until someone was able to point it out and guide me through that so that's something Mm -hmm. that a lot of us probably has and we don't even realize that we have like a little seed of arrogance and to constantly work on that is is pretty big
1: yeah now that you mentioned that I it really yeah it makes it more clear I didn't make that connection before
0: it's crazy like, how can Allah yeah. give us the gift of his presence of if we have that disease where he mentioned is not even welcomed in paradise, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: It's kind of crazy. Okay, next point.
1: Well, now I'm having a reflection based <laughs> on what you said. <laughs> have
0: it, let's go for it.
1: <laughs> okay, so basically when you when you mentioned that, like the I shall avert my signs, right? And I was like, So Allah's signs, they're there for us to learn from, right? Because they're not just there just to admire and, you know, look pretty. You know, like, obviously, like, nature is pretty, but it's there for us to learn something from as well, right? And it's kind of like the person who's arrogant, their mindset is, I already know, right? Like, I already know this. I already know that. I don't need people to tell me. I don't need people to, you know, teach me, right? That's kind of how an arrogant person thinks. They think they know better, and that's why they look down on others. And, it's like Allah, saying to that person, like, "Oh, you think you already know? Okay, then I, I, I got nothing to teach you." You know, it's it's really scary when you think of yeah, it that way. Like, it is. But when the humble person comes to Allah, they're like, "Oh, I'm empty. Like, I don't, I don't have. You know, I don't know. So, so teach me." You know? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I really love that.
0: That was scary, in a good way. <laughs> okay. All right. Um. What is the next point you wanted to talk about?
1: I don't know. I mean for me I just I just thought going in order would be easier if we okay. just went page by page. And if like let's say you have something underlined on that page that you really like and you really want to share. Okay. Um or if I have something, then I think could just go that way. Yeah, that sounds good. That sounds really good. So we were talking about
0: repentance on page two. And mm-hmm. I know that I moved forward a little bit, but we can move back. And on page yeah. three and he talking to talk about Mohasaba there. Oh, I have something on page 3. Yeah. You know, on the footnotes <laughs> on the footnote on the bottom, he's talking about the abdal, the the people, and he mm-hmm. mentions that um Atirmidhi has an addition to this narration from Abu Darda. They did not, Mm -hmm. talking about the the Abdal, the special people, they did not outstrip people by profusely praying, fasting, and invoking the glorification of Allah, but rather by good character, genuine scrupulousness, and good intentions and purity of hearts. Those are Allah's party. Surely Allah's party are the ones who are successful. The thing that made me realize it for a second. So... I know that for Sunna living for what I do. Uh, I do the Athkar journey and stuff like that. And sometimes you're like, oh, look at me, you know, I'm doing the Athkar in the morning, evening. Look at me, I'm doing the Athkar before I eat or before I go to sleep. And what this is like, they didn't ascend to a special level based on these act of worships, you know. Mm-hmm. Like they did because they were constantly working on themselves and they were you know um, having a good character good intentions like everything you cannot see this is how they ascended and and i just wanted to highlight the importance of that for myself and for everyone who's joining us like it's so important
1: (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah it really is it really is yeah good character cannot be um underestimated Mm and i think it's really really heavy Everything that he's talking about, like working on
0: our hearts, that is literally the only way where we can have, we can go a little bit more. We can raise the spirituality a little bit more. If we overlook Mm -hmm. that and if we're like, oh, yeah, let me just make sure my five times prayer are good. But then I'm like talking rudely to this this person, even if it's a person online or whatever, then I am Mm -hmm. I am doing a disservice to the to the level that I can reach, that Allah has allowed me. But I'm like, oh yeah, never mind. I don't think that's important enough because let me not even focus on that.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: That's what was my thought. No, I agree with you. Yeah. So, moving on to page four, or in five, did you have anything?
1: Um, I... <laughs> I don't have anything on page four. Um, on five, I think I had the same thing that you had highlighted. It was the the thing about being good to each other, um, the quote was, if people had avoided wronging one another, they would have swiftly reached Allah. That really hit me.
0: Yes. Yeah. True. Yeah.
1: Because I think like every, I think every practicing Muslim, right? Anybody who wants to, who's kind of like active in the pursuit of the pleasure of Allah, you know, they are kind of on this race, right? They're like hastening towards Allah. And like, you know, we're trying to, Get to him as fast as we can, or trying to be as as close to him as we can. But it's like, what if we're like being bad to the people around us? It's gonna slow us down. I feel like he just got to the point in, in that quote. Like, I just that's why it just kind of hit me because I was like, yeah, we're all trying to reach Allah, but we're all hurting each other in some way, you know, if we're not careful. And like, the creation is so important to Allah, like, Allah wants us to treat the creation a certain way. Yeah. And, and that's how we earn his pleasure. It's like a, it's like a shortcut, you know, to a less pleasure.
0: Yes. is to be nice and conscious. It's that
1: it's a really difficult to do because uh, like uh, I was listening
0: to one lecture a while, a while ago and he mentioned how every family member, like every family has someone in there who's difficult to deal with. And that is like a test for us. And I think we all can, Mm -hmm. at least one person. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I can think of that. You know, like, I really have difficulty under, and God forbid that we're that one person. We don't want to be that one person. But we can think of that, yeah. And and if we can just work within our family and just, you know, if if it's a person that we know, that we care about, Mm -hmm. and that person has some difficulties that we have, if we can work on ourselves to deal with that, then we can work on strangers Mm -hmm. that we meet all the time. Like we can totally, yeah. if we can work with someone we know, we can have more patience on those that we don't really know.
1: Exactly, exactly. Like once you're faced with the, the hardest test, all the other tests are like, you know, easy peasy. You just don't have to, you know, exert yourself so much.
0: And how he talks about this idea of religious family. That was, oh, where does he that talk? was on page four. And um, he's talking about, let me go real quick on this. Allah as well as ta'ala, relating from Nuh salam, that he talked about and verily my son is from my family so he replied he is not from your family surely he has done an unrighteous deed therefore emulation renders one as if he is part of the one being emulated even if one is not related by kinship so I was like what <laughs> if, you, if you can emulate emulate the Prophet awesome.
1: essentially
0: you could be part of that family. Mm-hmm. And if you don't emulate him, then you're not part of that at all. So either yeah. the the win game is either you're part of it or you're not part of it. If you're part of it, inshallah, Jannah, you can look forward to that and, and Allah's presence. And if you're not part of it, then you're removed from it.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you
0: and I was, um, I, I shared that on my Instagram and someone commented and we were discussing about it. And I think that's what I said in the beginning. This is like how it begins. You're like, all right, so now it's optional. Yeah, I'll do it. I'll try it. And then you're like, okay, mm-hmm. so now it's important. So I should definitely try to do it. And now you're like, okay, so is necessary. If you don't do it, then you're done for. You know, and so it, it, you go yeah. through that progression. So, so yeah, emulation of the Prophet is of paramount importance.
1: Yeah, I was just thinking about your students' discussion when you said that the so when you said Sunnah is not optional. Yeah. Um, because it reminds me, like, um, when you said that we won't be a part of that family, that reminded me of a a, a statement of the Prophet where he told these three men who were trying to, I guess, be overzealous in their worship, mm. and he told them that whoever you know follows my Sunnah is from me, and whoever you know, doesn't, then they're, I guess, on a different path than mine. And that was, like, sometimes we think that, you know, like, doing less or doing more is, you know, the way to go. But, you know, the past Islam had moderation in, in all matters, right? Like, people sometimes they also try to define the word moderation. Like, what does it mean to be moderate, like, not to you know, religiously, you know, fanatic. Fanatical, or whatever, and not to be too liberal. But what that—what does that really mean, right? And like, we know that the Sunnah is the answer because the Sunnah is true moderation. You know, the Prophet ﷺ didn't go overboard in terms of even worship, where he was, you know, um, taking some taking away his family's rights upon him. Mm-hmm. He was always balanced. Right. Yeah.
0: And and the whole idea that you know he only performed Hajj once in his lifetime, and that was a lesson in itself. So that you don't want to be burdened by something that is so difficult to do and i think that should go mm-hmm. and i remember when i first got you know into islam i should say that first i was like all right you know this is the thing i need to really do it i was so overzealous right mm-hmm. like were you like this yeah. you were like oh yeah <laughs> I think most of
1: us are yeah you're <laughs> like
0: oh you're doing this wrong and talking about family members or this is totally not right and just that approach mm-hmm. was not and then this more that you learn you're like oh my god it's not even about them like, it's not even about yeah. what they're doing at yeah. all it's all about how yeah. i'm approaching it how i'm working on it and, and if the process was going around like pointing at people wrong 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 you know the, no one will listen to him because no one wants mm-hmm. that but he was like really approachable making a relationship talking to a person yeah. and truly caring for them when giving them an mm-hmm. advice like that was something i really just love about him yeah so these are some ways i suppose i can emulate him Mm-hmm. any more points from these four and five page
1: four and five yeah i i didn't have anything on page four until we had this conversation and now i remembered i saw this it said um he said the emulation is of two types right he said there is apparent and subtle this is on the top of page four and he said the apparent is like prayer fasting giving charity um pilgrimage struggling and so forth. And then he said the subtle is that you absorb yourself in beholding Allah alone in your prayer and reflect on ponder on what you recite. And it's it's related almost exactly to that quote by the Sahabi that you said, because it's kind of like a lot of people, they, they focus only on the external acts of the sunnah, the things that they have to do, but not in how they have to be. And I think that's so important to internalize that our goal is not just to keep you know, just to do what the Prophet ﷺ did, but to do it with the intention of becoming who he was, mm-hmm. you know, because, like, our habits and our actions should lead us to, like, becoming different people, you know? It should have this, like, transformative effect, and that's what I... I love that he made that distinction here, where he said, you know, there's apparent and subtle emulation.
0: And they both are of equal importance.
1: Yes, yes, yeah. definitely.
0: <laughs> we cannot yeah. be like, I'm, a hu- mm-hmm. I'm amazing, but then I don't perform the apparent emulation like it has to be definitely both and that's a lifelong struggle i don't know anybody who could even the people that i really admire and i'm like they're like on top of the game you know i don't think (laughs) i don't think there's anyone who has balanced it this is really difficult and struggling for that is something that is a life goal
1: yeah yeah
0: i think i don't have anything else on these two pages to share Yeah, I think we can move on. Yes. So page number six and seven. So I was thinking we can just go like that. All right. Mm -hmm. Six and seven. It's again talking about repentance. Repentance gains Allah's love. And this was a crazy section for me. Because it Mm -hmm. was not about repentance gaining purity. Or repentance gaining your ability to understand and comprehend whatever. But repentance gaining Allah's love. And it's mm-hmm. somewhere in this book he mentions something about it is different to have Allah's love and then it is different to be beloved by Allah. Those are two different things. And you know, Oh he says Yeah, it's some I did I don't think I highlighted it. I'm not sure. Don't know where it is. Oh it is actually it's on page that's really interesting. It's on page seven. Oh. Somewhere. He says the real... Uh, subhanahu wa ta'ala was not satisfied for you to be a Okay, yeah, it, there it is So when a slave of Allah repents His abode in paradise rejoices for him The heavens and the earth rejoice for him And so does the messenger wa ta'ala. The real awesome. subhanahu wa ta'ala, Was not satisfied for you to be a lover Rather, he wants you to be a beloved And where is the beloved in status Compared to the lover So he's not asking right like Allah is the one Mm -hmm. who's like I don't want you to just be this and this is for every one of us it's not for chosen people he doesn't want us to be this he wants us to be greater than that and he wants Mm -hmm. us he really wants to be part of his special team right like this is how I see the part of his beloved and he's like this Mm -hmm. is how you can do it and repent so that you can be part of that and somehow it's so so beautiful that it is so
1: beautiful (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah and this reminds me i just read this quote yesterday on instagram where they were saying that the only thing better than loving allah is to be loved by allah for real how what else can be better yeah, than I, that yeah i think it was by i think it was by um Evans. i think he said that i was just Aww. like whoa like
0: yeah oh may allah make us one of those special people I, I mean you know i actually find it really interesting when i was in college i used to have uh this person who really wanted me to convert into Christianity and it was a missionary and it attacked me from very different angles, subhanAllah. Like I didn't know mm-hmm. enough at that time, but I just knew that no to Christianity, right? And that was one of the criticism they said about Islam that Allah is, God forbid, mean and like vengeful and whatever. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And I'm like, this is so far from the truth you know like like mm-hmm. especially reading that I'm like Allah doesn't even want to be that way mm-hmm. he doesn't want yeah. he doesn't want to to have you experience that hardship he wants you to experience his love and he's telling you how to do it and that's all that we need okay give us a blueprint to know how we can be and how we can gain your love and we just have to try our best in it
1: yeah yeah So you were lagging for those 2 seconds. I didn't hear the last thing you said. Just
0: same thing. He's just giving us a blueprint and then we just have to mm-hmm. to just okay. follow it to the best of our ability. Yeah. All right. What else do you have going on? Uh anything on page 7 more that you had to share?
1: Well, on the on the topic of repentance, there is that ayah there. Um it says, verily, Allah loves the oft-repentant and he loves those who purify themselves. Like, I love that <laughs> ayah because um, there's a du'a that correlates exactly with that ayah, right? Um, it's the du'a that we make after making wudu' and we say, Allahumma mm-hmm. j'a'alini mit wa j'alini So we're basically asking Allah to make us of those who um, constantly repent um, mm-hmm. and those who constantly purify themselves. And I just love that. It, it's like you're not just asking Allah for a one-time thing, you're asking Him to constantly make you somebody who's purifying yourself physically and spiritually, and then asking Him to forgive you, which is your spiritual cleanliness. Um, it's just, it's so beautiful, and then when Allah says like, He loves somebody, you just kind of want to rush to do that thing, right?
0: I never made that connection <laughs> between a dua and this ayah, I never made it until you mentioned it.
1: Oh, okay, it was, I don't know, I yeah. heard it before in lectures and stuff, I yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> You're literally asking
0: for Allah's love after you make wudu.
1: Exactly. And 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 also the connection because you just physically purified yourself, but mm-hmm. you also spiritually purified yourself and then you're asking Allah to, you know, bless that for you and, and, and to make you somebody who does that over and over and over again. Wow.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, I just I love I love that. Da'a. I just
0: yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is like the common thing while reading any of the of books by the legends like this, you're constantly like mind blown like wow this is just wow, this is like I always feel that that if I could follow twenty percent of this, then I mm-hmm. feel I will be fine. But that twenty percent is yeah. so hard to do.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. It's like what is the twenty percent anyway? Like I don't even know. Mm-hmm. So on yeah. um, on page seven he talks about nafs in the okay. in the quote and he says, um Verily the, the nafs, the self, is ever commanding one to do evil. Which is why it is considered to be a man's worst enemy. And somewhere later on, I'm not sure if it was this this excuse me, if it wasn't this page or later, he mentioned mm-hmm. that in Ramadan, you know, we know that Shaitan is shackled. And if a person does evil regardless, then you know that is coming from that person. And so mm-hmm. even in Ramadan, we have a little bit of a break from shaitan. But the worst enemy that we have is within us. Right? It's our yeah. That is, And we have to constantly be on guard for that one.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I mean, that reminds me of something that I heard. Sorry, were you going to say something?
0: No, go ahead. Finish it because then I have something else to share.
1: Okay, it was about the the nef thing. That's why
0: yeah.
1: um, I was. I remember I was listening to one of those Ramadan prep lectures. That, you know, some of the sheikhs they have online, like a week before Ramadan. It was like a long long time ago, and they were saying like somebody asked a question in the Q and A that why is it that if Shaitan is locked up, and why do we keep sinning in Ramadan? And uh, the sheikh gave an example of like a coffee cup, and imagine you're stirring it, right? So he's like basically like Shaitan is the stirring stick, and he's like stirring you up the entire year. And you're basically listening to him, right? And then when you take out the stick, the coffee doesn't immediately stop moving, right? If you take out the stick, it's still stirring, it's still moving for a little bit. And he's like, that's the remainder of his influence on you because your your neph's was so like taken in by shaitan's influence that just because shaitan is removed from the equation now, that doesn't mean that you're all good, you know? Like his, his influence is still there. That's such a know? good imagery. I know, and yeah. I was just like, oh my god like You're still I, being I stirred up,
0: stirred
1: up <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly Like, and it, it really makes sense because you're just kind of like, you think you'll become like the perfect Muslim, right, as soon as Shaitan is gone, mm-hmm. or even in Ramadan, but then you still do those same things that you were doing outside of Ramadan and it's just kind of like, oh, like, and you feel like such a bad Muslim, and all this guilt overtakes you, but I think it's only natural and I think it's kind of like a wake-up call, the guilt is good, definitely, but I think it kind of opens our eyes as to the things that are within our own selves that we need to work on.
0: You know, kind of when you're stirring the thing and how you can slow it down is by either counter stirring or disturbing that somehow. So so this is how I see this idea of repentance and purification and Mm -hmm. cleanliness of the heart is jamming it in there, be like, all right, let's speed up the process of it unsettling, Let's speed up that process that I just settle. And Mm -hmm. then we can actually make some Mm -hmm. real progress about it
1: exactly yeah.
0: mm-hmm. so the thing that i loved on page seven and we mm-hmm. actually we're already 38 minutes in so
1: <laughs> we're like almost
0: halfway through but we'll move faster about this inshallah but i really want to talk about the nafs that he said is that nafs by itself seeks goodness right he mentions that nurse is going to look for goodness the only goodness that it knows is this world mm-hmm until you show it the other goodness and once it mm. sees the other goodness then it automatically goes for that so you can train your nafs to not see the good in this world and be blinded by it but see what's beyond it and it will it will seek it and so it's not a hopeless yeah. cause like we can totally do this it's a training yeah yeah
1: yeah yeah, and I, I agree. Yeah, I was like, "What? It is possible, you
0: know?" <laughs> so yeah,
1: it's kind of like a kid who's like obsessed with this, like you know, like a like a like a toy until they see a bigger, shinier toy, right? Because you gotta, if you want to let go of the lesser thing, you have to focus your gaze onto something better, which yeah. is, of course, the Akhira, so.
0: So moving to page eight or nine, anything else mm-hmm. that you have in mind to share? That's really, really awesome and cool.
1: I don't know what happened, but I stopped highlighting. Oh, <laughs> so no. I don't want like, to like start reading all of a sudden. I don't know what happened. I just I stopped underlining and stuff. So my page, I I mean, my my yeah my book is like blank right now. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't
0: know, if you have anything to share, you can go ahead. Um. Well, there was one thing on page nine, and it was a very beautiful passage. And. I think I shared it on my stories and maybe we can share, maybe we can share this passage on the blog post that we're going to write about this because you can just share that aspect on page nine because it is everything about uh, the title is outer and inner effects of acts of obedience, disobedience. Mm -hmm. And then he talks about things like if you're obedient, what happens? And if you're not, then what happens? And he says, mm-hmm. this is in terms of the change in one's name. So what about the change in effect? Such as being transformed from experiencing sweetness in obedience to Allah to experiencing sweetness in disobedience to Allah. Uh, after you were described by Allah with the beautiful attributes, the matter becomes reversed so that you are described with blameworthy states and conditions. So, so I felt that when you are at a certain status Allah has raised you and your mm-hmm. act of disobedience makes it complete opposite. So you don't even taste the sweetness of faith, uh, of of act of goodness, but you begin to enjoy the sweetness of disobedience. Like that's such a flip. And it's a dangerous flip. Like how can you come back after you've, it's kind of like because of my health conditions, I don't eat a lot of things. I don't, for example, like cake and stuff like that. I don't eat those. And uh, and pizza, for instance, Pizza's a big thing for me and I miss it. And I Mm -hmm. make pizza differently now. Like, I have a different way of making pizza. And it tastes better than the other one. And I wouldn't have even tasted that one until I tried it, you know? It's like, it has more flavor. Mm -hmm. It does taste better. Like, that's just, it's the truth. (laughs) I'm just going to (laughs) say. But you don't know. And then at one point now, if I was to go back to eat regular pizza, I might be like, oh, yeah, it's kind of bland. Like, I had that issue before. I ate something. I was like, it's kind of bland. So you Mm -hmm. you can just lose the sweetness completely. And that is so scary. Like this? Yeah, it's there. Yeah. Yeah. So we are forty-one minutes in, and I think we'll move a little bit faster now, especially that you don't have special things highlighted. Um, anything
1: that you know? That I mean, I did. Up? I did want to add something to what you just said. Go ahead. About the, I mean, the part that you read, right? You were talking about the, the change in someone's name, and then the change in description. Yeah. And then he said, um, he said then, he said, well, so what about the change in rank, right? And that was that made me think about, um, like iblis right he had a very high rank Mm. with the angels and allah honored him but then because of one sajda he fell all the way down like you know to the worst of creation he became like you know shaitan al-rajim like al-rajim means you know someone who's cast away someone who's thrown aside and he became that like can you imagine going from like the ranks of the angels to like the lowest of the lowest human beings i mean the creatures right and it's just kind of like it's, it's all because of his arrogance and that's really scary because maybe we maybe we have a certain rank with, rank with Allah because of something we did and then we do something else and it just kind of throws us down completely and we don't even know. I
0: was listening to Sheikh Arati Ramadan 30 day thing that he did this year and mm-hmm. he mentioned that obviously shaitan knows who Allah is but he says that he hates Allah and I was like what and that just makes sense to me like he knows who he is he's like how could you do this to me how could you put me in this position i was doing all of this and now it's like how could you so i imagine him like having that constant thing in his heart where he's like how could you you know like so that hatred in his heart and and from to coming from a place where he was like i want to be close to you to, to go to a place where you're like i just i just don't like you how could you do this to me And that's so, that's definitely scary. I love the dua that he mentions, though, in here. He says, Oh Allah, (laughs) transport me from the humiliation of disobedience to the honor of obedience. Like the word dishonor and honor in regards to obedience is like all over the passage that we read in the pages. Honor, dishonor, honor, dishonor over and over again. Because the honor is with Allah, with his love, with his obedience. And everything else is just dishonorable.
1: Yeah, yeah. When you said the point about Shias or Qadi, like when you said that Shaitan actually hates Allah, it hit me in a certain way. I was like, like it just as a believer, right? We can't even, like, we can't even imagine what that um, feels like. And, and when you said that Shaitan knew who Allah was, uh, that that kind of made me reflect because I was like, wait a second. Like we also know certain things about Allah, but when we are acting in a way from our ego the way shaitan did mm. then we even forget about who allah is and we are essentially following in shaitan's footsteps in that moment right like like moments of anger or um arrogance or entitlement or when we just don't want to uh admit that we're wrong in a situation right in those moments i think we're kind of operating from that shaytan like space you know mm. Because we know like who Allah is, we know what the truth is, but sometimes we don't want to submit to it, and it, and we can have this. Um, it's it's really it's a really scary state to be in, I think. But if you like, if you are aware of that, it's I think a gift from Allah, so you can make your way out of it.
0: And at the same time, kind of like um, when we are faced with difficulty in our lives, you know, and sometimes people have may have a tendency to be like, why me or how could you do this to me why are you putting me through this that's following a little bit of the footsteps of shaitan as well right and and that is also very, yeah. very scary to immediately just stop yourself be like wait hang on you know like shaitan literally saw that allah created adam like there is no question about it you know mm-hmm. he's right there things are happening the dude has angels around him if we were to see angels around us what more do we need, right? Like I th- for us, it's kind of <laughs> like, kind of like for us though, once we see the angels, the game's over. That means yeah. we can no longer change ourselves. So he had him and he could have, but he decided not to because, because of his personality trait and character issues. And, you know, may Allah protect us from him and his character traits. Yes. Um, okay, moving to ma- page 10 and 11. Mm-hmm. I did have something in there. The fruit of the tongue, at the very top of the page, he says, The fruit of the tongue okay. is a remembrance of Allah, and the fruit of the hands and the feet is striving towards good deeds. If the heart dries up, its fruit will perish. And if the heart is suffering a drought, then, prof- then profusely invoke Allah. Like this was the, uh, he talks about a little bit about um, that if you're walking in this world, and if you're a farmer, and... Mm-hmm. What a farmer does is, especially I love gardening, so this spoke to me a lot, that a farmer collects the things at the end of the season so that he can preserve them and keep them going until the next season. And if instead of collecting the fruits of your labor or the fruits and vegetables and all the things, you're busy collecting mm-hmm. scorpions and snakes and, and bugs and stuff, what benefit are you doing? So you're walking in this earth, which has all these fruits and vegetations, all the good deeds, potential of good deeds, but you might be busy collecting yourself with the things that don't even give you any benefit. And I thought that was amazing. Yeah,
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And I feel like that's what a lot of us are doing anyway, right? Like some people are collecting money, some people are collecting, you know, just things. Like they're hoarding stuff. Some people are collecting even information, right? Like um, we have information overload. Like sometimes we don't even know um, what to consume and what not to consume. There's like, um, it's just, we just take stuff in all the time without really thinking about it or filtering what we're allowing into our into our hearts kind of like
0: a trendy things i find that a lot it, yeah. i don't know in the western <laughs> Trend, society yeah. yeah it's like oh everyone does especially now with social media and all that stuff everyone is talks about one thing it spreads like wildfire Everyone was like oh yeah what is that about i want to see it. what is that about i want to see it it's like are you sure you want to see it are you really sure like is it really worth you seeing that even if 2,000 people around you are saying, Oh, yeah, I want to see it. Is it really worth it? Like, question that over and over. Yeah. Like, yeah. is that a scorpion you're collecting, or is it like a fruit that you're collecting?
1: Because
0: mm-hmm. yeah. I don't want to. The scorpions apparently are a big deal. Uh, I live in Arizona, Southwest Desert. And mm-hmm. yeah, that's what this is.
1: So, you've <laughs> seen one before? <laughs> I've never seen a scorpion I haven't. I haven't. So,
0: apparently, there are pockets in Arizona. Where there are like, um, what can I say? Pockets in Arizona where you have more scorpions and stuff and some mm-hmm. don't. And I didn't know that until uh, oh. a girl I follow on Instagram. She told me, she's like, oh, we are moving into what is considered a pocket of scorpions. I'm like, no way. And she showed a oh, pic- wow. picture about it on the on the garage or something. And that was kind of scary. Oh, my
1: God. Yeah. It, like
0: speaking to your house do lizards do?
1: Because that's really scary. <laughs> apparently,
0: I don't know. Alhamdulillah, I don't live in that pocket and so that's what this is (laughs) so we're approaching we're approaching 15 minutes and i think probably at this point we can talk about um some lasting thoughts about this section that we read and and go from there and that should be the end Um, of our session
1: i did want to say one thing though um about the section that you just read i'll make it quick um it was like the when he was about the fruit of the tongue and the fruit of the hands and feet mm-hmm. after that he said um if the heart is suffering a drought then profusely invoke allah mm-hmm. do not be like the sick person who says i shall not take any medicine until i find a cure so it said to him you shall not find a cure until you take the medicine that's like i feel like that's like our entire existence sometimes um just summarize because how many of us tell ourselves oh we'll do this when right like we'll like, I'll be better to my parents or my family when this happens, or I'll start praying five times a day when this happens. But it's like, wait a second, like, you're sick right now, you know, like, you're basically you're, you're, you're like, you know, failing in your obligations right now. So what are you waiting for kind of thing? You know, like, I think if we have to practice something extra, we can wait for that. Mm -hmm. When it comes to our obligations, we can't wait, you know, because there is no time. I think we should have that sense of urgency, um, where we take the medicine, you know, so to speak, right now, because if we don't then we're gonna our hearts are gonna get infected you know and that's just waiting and waiting
0: kind of like exactly when you Uh. have a wound and you don't treat it immediately then it's gonna get infected it's gonna get in your bloodstream it can cause a lot of damage and and so Mm -hmm. i think one of my my main takeaways in what we read in this whole section for today is i mean obviously it's about repentance and i really Mm -hmm. and i really want to somehow practice that I really want to do the muhasabah thing somehow, have a daily thing. I'm not sure exactly how, but I was thinking because I'm a huge planner, um, maybe like having a little printout where I can write things down and Mm -hmm. just focus on, just go back at the end of the day of what's going on, what I did and what I could have done better, but also ask for forgiveness. Make that a huge part of the whole process.
1: Yeah, definitely. I really struggle with, you know, making forgiveness throughout the day. So what I try to do is like maybe when I'm doing my morning and evening adhkar, I'll probably take a few minutes to say astaghfirullah Allah wa you know, a couple times. Because I like, you know, we do know that the Prophet ﷺ used to make, you know, uh, ask for Allah for forgiveness 70 times a day, according to some other ahadith 100 times a day. And that for me is like, I just don't remember you know like throughout the day you're just kind of living your life and you are doing things you just don't really realize to ask Allah for forgiveness and that's why I think um, if you make a goal like maybe after every salah you're gonna say it five ten times maybe before going to bed you know yeah yeah. that
0: should be useful inshallah okay this was our first session Uh, a lot of things happened. we'd love to hear from you let us know in the comments below of what was one thing that really struck with you Uh, well either whether you have the book or we did not have the book maybe you were listening to us only what struck with you and what is your main takeaway from this what you're going to do after this is over and until we see each other again so i would love to hear that from you is there any other parting words before we go shaheen
1: yeah, what I was thinking is um, maybe we should also ask them what do they prefer. Like, maybe, like, basically, should we have a list of topics specifically? Mm-hmm. Like, maybe, like, five, six topics specifically from the book and, and that we discuss? Or do you guys prefer what we did today in terms of, but obviously a little bit more organized, um, where we kind of go page by page? I think the people who have the book and who are following along with the book would probably prefer that. But we got to also see, like, how many, I guess, how many of the viewers are... they have the book or they don't.
0: I'm looking at the comments and actually we do have one um, by Sister Sarwat Fatima. She said, it's a nice project, but I would like to add my two cents. Please, do your homework first. All right. (laughs) Write down the points you need to discuss. (laughs) Do a rehearsal at least once and make your rehearsal for a discussion. I get what you're saying. I get it uh, that we can have some specific points to discuss, but I don't want to rehearse this. I'm sorry. Because if you rehearse this, then it's going to sound rehearsed. Like, this is a discussion that's happening live. So, but I agree with you, though. I think I agree with the sister that, yeah, we could definitely have some points that we want to hit back over and over again and connect it mm-hmm. all together that way. I think that is a really good, good suggestion. JazakAllah like Khair, sister. And then we have Brother Muzamil Ahmed who says, Masha'Allah, discussion is very informative. It motivates me to read that book. And he mentions later that he does not have that book. Oh, get this book. Get this book. I have not read, uh, Shaheen has <laughs> read all of it. And I'm reading along as we go through this. And definitely one of the, it's, it's amazing. I recommend it. So inshallah, I think we'll we'll um, share more of that changes of what we're going to do and make more um, improvements we'll talk about it on our Instagram most likely so follow us there and as far as that this live is going to be available for you to view later or you can view it on Facebook we're going to upload it there or you can access us also as a podcast if you want to listen to it if you're driving around or doing whatever in your life inshallah so with that jazakallah khair for joining us and make sure to follow along and we'll see you next time
1: assalamualaikum